Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit. It's time for... Sucker Time. The number one award-seeking comedy podcast about comedy. Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark Hershaw. Yes, it is I, Mark Hershon, and I am uh, just heading north out of Los Angeles, California on Interstate 5, heading back to uh, Studio N, my nerd nest in beautiful Marin County, California. I've been down here all week. This is Epi 87.5, not an official Succotash episode, it's a half episode which is just me rambling, talking. None of the usual features. No clips. No top 10 most active shows on the Stitcher Top 100 comedy podcast list. No tweet sack. Sorry, Tweety. No Henderson's pants ad. But I will finish off the show with an extra burst of durst I happen to have. So, uh... There will be that. I'll throw that in at the end if I remember to. Um, I had actually recorded an episode 87.5 on the way down from Marin, but I've decided just to leave it uh, leave it be. I didn't have a whole lot to say. I was just sort of trying to think of something to say and rambling. Uh, there were a couple of things I brought up that I couldn't remember people's names, long long patches of me that would have had to be edited out, just hemming and hawing, trying to think of uh, somebody's name. And it wasn't terribly interesting. So, Not that this is going to be terribly interesting either, by the way. This one may also not make it on the air or on the pod waves. But uh, I've had a week full of stuff going on. I did not record one single interview. I had no guest for the podcast uh, which is fine. I didn't go down there with the intention of actually doing that. There was a faint hope that I would uh, get together with somebody and uh, say something that would be worthy of recording. I was really hoping to get together with the fine hosts of the uh, Tiny Odd Conversations podcast, Travis and Brandy Clark, but uh, just my week kind of got away from me. I, I literally went down there with, I think, one or two things set up in terms of meetings, mostly with uh, old friends of mine I hadn't seen. And uh, before you knew it, by uh, I got down very early in the morning, uh, Monday. It was like 3 a.m. by the time my head hit the pillow. And by Tuesday, pretty much every breakfast, lunch, and dinner was filled up meeting somebody, getting together, hanging out, chatting, saw a few movies. I'll talk about that. But uh, it was uh, it was a crazy time. So some of the folks I wanted to see, I didn't get a chance to. So apologies uh, to the Clarks. I'll catch you on my next trip down, I promise. And I'll get in a plug right now once again for Tiny Odd Conversations. You can hear that at TOCPOD, T-O-C-P-O-D.com. Um, so I didn't get to see, uh, to talk to them. Uh, or see them. Uh, so that's a shame because I always like visiting with those guys. And there were a bunch of other people as well. My buddy Steve Smith, 
Uh, he's moved out of Santa Monica. He's living uh, way over on the sort of west side of the valley. He says it wasn't too far to get to, but uh, I just didn't have time to get out there. So apologies to my old friend Spud from uh, the fabulous Gooey Duck days. His interview I did with him still trapped on a broken hard drive that will probably never be recovered. So I've got to reinstitute uh, or re reconstitute that interview with him at one of these points that I'm down there. So what did I do? Uh, got down there first thing Monday morning, bam, Phil Larinesse and I from uh, Chill Pack Hollywood Hour, we had a uh, sort of a pitch meeting. It was a pitch meeting, I guess. I was just along for the ride. Uh, I am in the Writers Guild of America and the, the production company we were pitching to. They are currently not in a position to deal with uh, writers that are in the guild. So I brought Phil in to uh, meet the development person at a production company for a project that uh, he and I are kind of working on together. And uh, that went very well. It was a very cordial meeting. And he has, uh, he's going to uh, forward the project, the script for that project along. Hopefully something will come of that. That would be nice. Then uh, he and I had had breakfast just before then. Then he was winging his way to the East Coast for a big wedding. So uh, we got a chance to visit for a few hours and have that meeting. That was cool. Then uh, from there, I went to, uh, where did I go from there? I, you know, I didn't write any of this stuff down. I have it all on my phone, of course, because uh, I have so many meetings coming up that I, if I don't put them in my calendar, I tend to forget them. Uh, once I forget them after the fact, I don't really care. So uh, that was a fascinating time, though, doing that. Uh, so I won't make this a play-by-play -play thing. I'll just tell you some of the highlights of, uh, of what I did. I got together with uh, my old chum, Rick Overton, from uh, the Overview podcast. Uh, and uh, it completely slipped my mind until just now that we were actually going to try and get together yesterday. And uh, that ended up not happening. We were going to try and do a... We did get together a couple of times. But we were going to do a simulcast podcast where we were just going to both record our conversation then play it on both of our shows. And uh, that didn't happen because uh, a lunch I had yesterday turned into more of an afternoon thing. And uh, then I was over on the wrong side of the hill from where he lives. And uh, anyway, so that didn't happen. But we did get together for a couple of breakfasts. And uh, he came up with a project that he's going to work on. So I helped him with that. Um, I saw Dana Carvey, got together with Mr. Carvey. We uh, hung out. Uh, his boys, Dex and Tom, are in Los Angeles now, and they're starting to do stand-up, and they're in the groundlings at the moment. Uh, so they're learning how to do improv and sketch, and they're doing stand-up along with uh, Frank Cronin. So they are uh, tearing it up in Los Angeles, and uh, Dana is uh, down there just to sort of... Uh, kind of watch them get into the whole thing and uh, maybe open a door or two along the way. He and I went and saw Godzilla um, at the Grove, at the cinemas at the Grove. So we saw an afternoon performance there. Uh, saw that in 2D, glorious 2D, not 3D. And it was a fairly entertaining movie. There were some, uh, some leaps of faith that uh, the plot take you on that, uh, in my mind, the... The guy who's the lead in that movie, his story is more unbelievable than the fact that there were monsters. They were actually more believable than his his plot line. But uh, it was entertaining. 
wasn't the best movie in the world, but it is a movie that if you're going to go see Godzilla and you're going, I'm going to wait for that to come out and I'll watch it at home, you really should see it on a big screen because they're giant monsters. And I don't care how big your screen is at home, giant monsters on a giant screen is much better to watch that. So uh, it was entertaining. And we had dinner afterwards and got to chat that up. And he's working on a few projects that you may see uh, pop up, probably on the small screen if they come to pass. Uh, I'm not uh, in a position to reveal anything, but uh, those could be very entertaining. Let me just say that. Because he's Dana Carvey, right? Oh, I went and saw Dean Haglund's show, uh, also from the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour. Phil is from the Phil Lairness, who I was talking about earlier, of course. Chill Pack Hollywood Hour co-host. I saw his co-host, Dean Haglund, who is appearing uh, in some plays, in one play. Um, and actually, I think his play run is done, but as part of the uh, SciFest, I think by the time this drops, his run will be over. But SciFest at the Acme Theater in Los Angeles... Uh, he is going to do an improv show, I believe, next Saturday. He's doing a one-man improv alien abduction <laughs> show, which should be very entertaining. But uh, the Carvey boys and Rick Overton and I, we all went to go see uh, him in Kaleidoscope, a Ray Bradbury story, which uh, was very entertaining. Uh, not comedy, per se. Uh, I think there's a, a slate of shows this week for SciFest that uh, Lily Holloman, who is the significant other of Phil Ernest, is appearing in one of those shows. But uh, Dean's was very entertaining, as were the other uh, three little plays that happened before his. And hung out with him and Rick afterwards, so that was a lot of fun. Um, let's see. Oh, I saw another former guest of Succotash, John Manfrolati. He and I had breakfast one morning while we were down. John is uh, mostly spending his entertainment hours opening for Ray Romano on the road. Had just gotten back from doing uh, the Mirage in Las Vegas, opening for Ray there. And uh, he is on, uh, oh, I'm not, not allowed to say, he's on a, the very last season of a very popular TV show. They are, uh, I'm not going to say what it is, because he told me he's not allowed to say. But I will say it's a very popular TV show, and he is in the very last uh, season, the very first show of the last part of the last season of that show. It will not air until, I believe, April of 2015. So you have to do the math and the homework and figure out what show I'm talking about. But that's uh, John Manfrolati. Always love visiting John. Never have enough time. We were going to hang out a second time and couldn't pull it together. But that was fun. And then just last night, my last activity in Los Angeles, um, I went and saw the X-Men Days of Future Past with my friend Kenny Stevenson. Uh, Kenny uh, and his wife, Dorian, they, uh, they have been on the show before, past Suckatash guests, past friends, well, they're still friends of mine, but past cast members of the Fries on the Side sketch show. Got to see them and their new, well, not new baby now. She's uh, she's a year old, uh, or almost a year old, Poppy. We all went to dinner at Versailles on Venice Boulevard. Love that Cuban food. And uh, then uh, as Dorian was putting Poppy to bed, Kenny and I snuck off and went to catch uh, X-Men Days of Future Past in 3D. Uh, entertaining movie. Uh, 
It's uh, it got a lot of uh, kind of talk before I went to see it. I was kind of expecting a little bit more. Um, it's a little bit long, and I knew I had a long drive ahead of me today, so I was a little bit tired. But uh, it was okay. It was entertaining. And again, if you're going to see a movie with a lot of special effects and stuff, it's about the only reason I'll go to a theater anymore is to see something like that. Although I did see uh, a movie by myself. Oh, that's what I did after uh, after I went to that meeting with Phil on Monday. I couldn't remember. I went and saw Chef, John Favreau's uh, movie where he directs and stars in with uh, John Leguizamo and a bunch of great guest stars because uh, Favreau's worked with them on in other movies. So we had Dustin Hoffman in a cameo and Robert Downey Jr. and Scarlett Johansson. And uh, it's a movie about a chef. And it was very entertaining. I found it a little sleepy in the middle part. It could have been, well, I'm not going to tell a, a guy with uh, Favreau's chops what he should or shouldn't do with a movie. But I, I think I would have tightened that story a little bit because uh, it uh, got a little draggy for me in the middle. But it was ultimately very entertaining. Um, and uh, so I saw that. That is a movie that, although I certainly want to support a movie maker like John Favreau, you should go see it in theaters now. But it's also a movie that if you don't get a chance to, it does. I don't think it'll suffer by being on the small screen. Because it's not a big special effects movie. It's about a chef. And uh, finding himself and finding his career and uh, uh, getting a food truck together after he loses his regular gig. Um, so it's a nice story. And uh, do not go hungry to the movie because there's uh, a lot of food porn on that scene uh, screen. Uh, there's a lot of glorious shots of some fantastic food. Uh, I ate before I went, and I'm glad I did, because, uh, man, you're going to leave that movie hungry. Um, let's see, what else did I do? Um, uh, started work on my new book. Uh, you know, I, I am the co-author of I Hate People, which is a book about dealing with difficult people in the workplace and sort of finding your own way. Uh, came out in 2009, still available uh, on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com, and you can get it on Audible.com if you like listening to your book. You can get the ebook version through uh, iBooks. You can get the uh, the uh, Kindle version through Amazon.com, and you can hear me co-reading it with my co-author Jonathan Littman. Uh, that's I Hate People. Uh, there's a link for it, by the way, on the SuckatashShow.com website. If you scroll down to the bottom of the site on the right-hand corner, there's a little carousel that takes you to Amazon. It has all of my uh, my movies from Hallmark. You can click through there, although some of them are only available through like third-party sellers at this point. You can also click through on the banner at the top. Either of those will take you to Amazon. Either of those will get us our Amazon kickback. Help us pay for the podcast. There's a little bit of a plug there. Anyway, I'm, uh, I've started to work on a second book at long last. And uh, this is a book that is fueled by one of my uh, many Twitter feeds. Uh, not only am, uh, am I on Twitter, at Suckatash Show, and you are welcome to retweet us and tweet me messages if you like. That's at Suckatash Show on Twitter. But I have another Twitter feed on there called Histor at Historic Twits at historic twits and the name on it though is uh time travel tweets because uh, that's what i use that twitter feed for and i have over 400 of those 
uh, time travel tweets, and uh, I'm using those to self-publish a book that I'm entitling, and please don't steal this title because I have not registered it yet, uh, although you can't really actually trademark a title, but it's called Time Travel Tweet Tweets. That's it, Time Travel Tweets. And the subtitle at the moment is going to be Tips, Tricks, and Tiny Tales for the Casual Time Traveler. And uh, so I'm now organizing uh, the last 400 of, or uh, the first 400 of those tweets into categories, and I'm going to pick the best 100 of those. I think that's the number I'm going to go with, and I will put those into a self-published book. And it's going to have illustrations. It's going to have. Uh, I've really had a lot of fun starting coming up with these uh, time travel selfies that I put together in Photoshop, and I'm going to do a bunch of cartoons. So I'm working on that. So I, I spent some off time in LA doing that, starting to organize those. So that's fun. And uh, oh, I met up with Matt Weinhold. Yes, I met up with Matt Weinhold, another past guest and good friend of mine, former roommate, sort of a roommate. We shared a apartment in LA and uh, I was actually moving out of LA. He was moving to LA from San Francisco. And so we sort of split the rent and I would crash in the, on the couch when I had to come to LA and he had the bedroom. I eventually got forced out by his uh, umpteenth uh, action figure. But anyway, Matt and I uh, got a chance to hang out. We had dinner. We went to a uh, very fun, fantastic tiki bar in North Hollywood on Lancashire Boulevard and uh, ha had a drink there. And I was going to be a guest on his Monster Party podcast, but he couldn't pull the rest of his uh, cadre together for that. So we'll do that in the future. I will have him on a future episode of uh, Succotash again. Although he's on a past episode, it doesn't come immediately to mind which number that was, but you can find it easily enough. Just put in Google Matt Weinhold Succotash and you'll find that. But we had a good time there. Uh, I want to thank my buddy Steve Squalante, former uh, executive producer. Or no, he, he will always be the executive producer of my three Hallmark Channel movies. Again, those available through Amazon.com. But he has an apartment in Burbank and he's off producing a movie in Germany. So he gave me the run of his place, so that made uh, that a lot of fun and affordable. I drove Studio F to Los Angeles. In fact, I'm talking to you from Studio F, my Fiat, right now, as I ply my way north on I-5, the Kessel Run, as I like to call it. Normally, I do this run in the middle of the night because it's just easier. There's a lot less traffic. It's currently 8.15 in the morning. I'm a good hour and a half into my trip north. And I uh, just want to make this trip because uh, my two little grandkids, Ella and Grayson, are going to be at our house uh, with my wife, Deb, today. And I want a chance to get back in time to see them. Isn't that the sweetest thing ever? Anyway, so I'm making my way north uh, at best speed to see them and talking to you at the same time. I don't know if that's legal, by the way. I'm using my Zoom recorder for you podcasters out there. So if the quality of this uh, is decent... It's a little portable zoom. Uh, it's the little tiny one, by the way. The, I think it's the X2. And so if you like the quality of uh, the recording, that's what I'm using. What else did I do? Oh, I had breakfast with my uh, former manager, Wendy Winks, who works for the Rock School Fund. Very good cause, uh, helping to send uh, kids to school so they can learn how to play music. That's uh, through the School of Rock originally. And she's now the chief administrator for the Rock School Fund. Although she's uh, dabbling with the idea of getting back into uh, movie and TV production. So uh, 
I've got projects and uh, we might do uh, some projects together. She was my producer on my Santa Junior movie for the Hallmark Channel. And thanks to Wendy, I was able to not just get that movie sold, but I actually uh, appeared in that movie. Thanks to her uh, having a little bit of arm wrestling with the powers that be, got me into that. And once they saw I actually knew how to act a little bit, I got into the other two movies I did, Monster Makers and Wedding Days, which uh, still occasionally play on TV, still are available on DVD if you can track them down. Again, uh, through Amazon is a good way to start. So we had breakfast and caught up. I had, uh, I had coffee. It's the only time we had with uh, my attorney, Kim Stenton, who has negotiated all of my deals uh, because agents so far for me have been completely useless. I want to thank none of the agents I've had over the years because none of them got me any damn work at all. But uh, Kim, on the other hand, fantastic. So uh, hopefully be working with her if any of these things get set up that I've uh, been tinkering on in the future. Met with Bert and Sharon Wheeler, uh, friends of mine. Bert was a former uh, boss of mine when I was uh, the head writer on Ruckus, a very short-lived game show starring the amazing Jonathan. You can still see clips from Ruckus on YouTube, and I think they may, nah, they can't still be playing on the game show network, can they? But uh, that was originally uh, done in 1990 that show and aired on WNBC in New York, all 65 episodes, then promptly disappeared. But uh, Bert and Sharon, uh, his wife and production partner, we got together and uh, had lunch. Always good to see them. And uh, we have a project we're working on. And I don't want to tell too much about that because uh, it's a kind of easy idea to, to lift, I think, but it's a sci-fi time travel alien movie. That's all I'm going to say. And uh, we have been tinkering on this idea for literally 25 years. And just because of time and the difficulty of selling things, it really hasn't come together yet um, in, in a way that has sold. So we're actually working on a way to turn it into a graphic novel and hopefully then reverse engineer that into a movie. How about that? So talking to a buddy of mine who's a graphic artist done uh, dozens and dozens of graphic novels and comic books. He hopefully is going to want to take a swing at this if he has the time. So that was exciting. As you see, I'm very busy when I'm not doing my regular job uh, at Lexicon Branding. Um, and I think I'm perhaps one of the only podcasters that has a regular day job that will actually talk about the day job. Isn't that interesting? There are a lot of podcasters that you probably listen to who have day jobs and they just, I think because they just don't like their day jobs and they're probably afraid that if they said something, it might come back to bite them in the ass. But uh, please, bite me in the ass. Uh, my regular day job, which is a fantastic job, by the way. Uh, how could it not be fantastic? I name things for the most part of my living these days. I name products and services and companies for Lexicon Branding, which is terrific. It's a great branding company. You guys have, uh, regular listeners have heard me wax on and on about this. What we've done, we've named <coughs> things like Blackberry and Swiffer, Subaru Outback, uh, the Apple, uh, the original PowerBook, Pentium from Intel. Uh, most recently, some of our big names, we uh, helped named uh, Tangerine, gigantic online bank in Canada. It used to be uh, ING Direct, recently changed their name 
Scotiabank, the owners uh, chose uh, Tangerine, used uh, Lexicon to do that name change. Um, anyway, when I'm not doing that, I'm really busy. Uh, and it's so hard to get the time to write and do all these projects. But I had the week off and got to catch up with all these fabulous folks. All, none of this really had that much to do with podcasting except all the great podcasters, uh, former guests on Suckatash I got to hang out with. And uh, so it kind of rejuvenated my, uh, my energies, recharged my batteries, if you will. Very excited to get back to not just work, work, but also uh, trying to get some more of these interviews on the line and get you guys clipped out. Uh, I do have a pile of clips ready for Epi 88. I just have to organize, script, do everything I do. That'll be coming along very shortly, but in the meantime, you will have this short Epi 87.5. Woo! All right. So let me see. What do I have to say about podcasting? Anything at all? Got a lot of great feedback from uh, this last Epi 87 in my interview with uh, Jeffrey Welchman from the uh, late, great Inverse Delirium podcast. Um, I think he was glad he was able to kind of bring some closure to that. Uh, he thanked me for kind of helping him, you know, decide to spend a few minutes and say goodbye to all of his loyal listeners instead of just sort of leaving them hanging with his last episode. So, uh, so that was great, and I've gotten a lot of good feedback from podcasters thanking me for uh, kind of letting that chapter happen because... Oftentimes, these podcasts go down, and they just go down. They're gone. Boom. And loyal listeners feel a little bit jilted almost that, uh, hey, I put in some time, and I understand you want to kind of move on and do something else, but what about us? We're out here hanging. Uh, so I think that was a, a decent thing, and people kind of heard Jeffrey talking about the fact he didn't leave because he was bitter or pissed off or he didn't have enough listeners or anything. He just, the show had run its course. So uh, I'm glad I was able to, to kind of bring that together. And it sort of helps paint a fuller picture of what Succotash really is. And, you know, we're not all about original content. It's all about sort of promoting podcasts, uh, comedy podcasts per se, um, and letting them uh, hear the, have their voices heard, regardless of whether they're a big celebrity or, you know, some guys that just decide to get together and do this. And, uh finding their own fame not so much fame and fortune although that is happening now for uh, some guys which is great um i was just listening to uh an episode of fitz dog radio just before i turned on my recorder with kevin smith uh and kevin smith was just talking about how you know he hasn't made a movie in three years and he is you know in his mind he's a podcaster now and that's what he does he's been doing it longer than most of us have um I think he said he started doing his in 2006 so he's been around long uh a longer time than most of us uh and that's what he considers that's what he does now he says he podcasts he's got five different podcasts that he's on four or five a week that he records he goes on the road he does them live he's got his tv shows he's doing um but he regards himself as a podcaster these days which is great and he seems very approachable he says he'll do anybody's podcast that'll reach out to him i somehow doubt that that's the case and I am going to put it to the test how about that I will be your representative to see if we can get Kevin Smith to come on Succotash and talk to us how about that I've certainly clipped his podcast I also got to see him uh, do it live when he was in San Francisco a couple of years ago with Scott Mosier so that was kind of cool and then uh, 
He just uh, it seems like a very straightforward, straight-shooting guy. He was uh, a really great guest. So if you get a chance to listen to Fitz Dog, that was, uh, I think, his most recent episode that I've heard. And maybe I'll do a little clip of that, actually, on Epi 88, uh, add one more to the mix. But uh, anyway, so as I was saying, I getting a bit more of a fuller picture and getting a little bit uh, recharged to keep pushing Succotash ahead, maybe morphing it a little bit in terms of who we talk to. But um, yeah, you know, after talking to, to Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Welchman, I was kind of feeling, uh, or before I was talking to Jeff, I was kind of feeling, where, what else can I do? It, is it boring to keep just clipping episodes? You know, uh, we do have our loyal listeners, which is great, and we keep having new people following us on Twitter. I hope they're following us on the show, but quite frankly, uh, I don't get a whole lot of feedback from anybody, which is fine. Really? I mean, you're under no obligation. Just as you're under no obligation to click the donate button or perch our merch through our uh, Succotashery store, link available on SuccotashShow.com. I am starting a test subscription model, which, again, you are under no obligation. You can keep getting Succotash absolutely free the entire show, but I'm trying this new thing. And I don't even have the, uh, the website memorized at this point because I just started doing this in L.A. I found out about it. I will have to thank the, um, the loyal Succotashian who contacted me through Google Plus and told me about this service. It's run by a friend of hers. I'm going to talk to this gentleman who runs this website, find out more about it. But I went ahead and started an account. And for those of you who did this, and probably none of you did, for 2 bucks and 76 cents a month, you will get to hear Succotash two days before anybody else because I'll put it up on this special site uh, before I upload it to uh, iTunes, uh, before I put it on Libsyn, before it gets to Stitcher. And for that nominal fee, $2.76, you will be able to uh, get Succotash two days early. So that's something new I'm trying. Uh, it sure is going to pay a lot of money, even if everybody did it. But I figured it'd be interesting, and maybe other podcasters want to check it out. So in Epi 88, I will talk more about this service, and uh, maybe I'll have a little bit of an interview with the guy who's starting the website, and we'll find out what the deal actually is in its entirety. But you can have a subscription for anything. It's not just for podcasts. So it's kind of interesting. If you do, like, you could probably put artwork up online. And you could have a subscription for that. Uh, so you could do your own self-published comic book or self-published audio book or anything. Uh, it seems really kind of cool. So uh, I'll find out more about that. Uh, you can find out more at SuccotashShow.com because uh, I'll have somewhat of it, uh, a little bit more of a description in the blog piece for this half episode. But uh, that's going to be pretty interesting. And watch my Stitcher feeds, SuccotashShow.com, because I've already started talking about it on there. I'll, uh, I've got something up on Facebook, uh, Succotash Show page on Facebook. So uh, sorry to have so little information at, at my fingertips, but uh, there'll be more about that. So uh, pioneering podcasting as we move forward, although with the collapse of net neutrality, uh, who knows how long podcasting is going to continue in its current state. Uh, they talk a little bit about that, Kevin Smith and Greg Fitzsimmons on Fitzdog Radio, too. So uh, find out more about their musings on that. 
Um, I feel like I want to keep talking, but I don't really have anything else to talk about. Let me see. Um, I caught a couple of other podcasts this week while I was driving it around L.A. Let me see if I can remember what I was listening to. Um, I listened to... Uh, Nerd Poker, the latest episode of Nerd Poker, Brian Posehn and Friends on Earwolf.com. Their regular Dungeon Master, Sark, is off for a couple of months, or a few months. He's about to have a baby and uh, needed the time clear to focus on that, so Blaine Kapach, who's a great comic, um, acquaintance of mine, going to try and get him on the show. Uh, but he has been a, uh, he's one of the friends of Brian Pesane and Friends and is one of the players on the show. He's taken over Dungeon Mastering in the meantime. So I think it was the second episode that he's uh, running their adventure. Uh, and uh, this really got wildly off track, this episode. They started spinning off into stories and anecdotes. <laughs> and uh, it's always very entertaining, but... Uh, the adventure part was uh, a little bit truncated as they uh, went off on these tangents. So that's Nerd Poker, Earwolf.com. What else did I hear? Um, Oh, Gret Binchley. Gret Binchley, which is uh, The Adventures of Gret Binchley. That's a spinoff from the Man by by Cow podcast at manbycow.com. Uh, those boys, uh, Rufus and Howard, they are on a hiatus right now, but they've uh, sheared off the Gret Binchley adventures from their uh, their past episodes and have put them out as a separate podcast and are releasing those weekly. I just reviewed that uh, this week, uh, this past week on um, This Week in Comedy podcasts uh, over at Splitsider.com. So catch that review and catch uh, The Adventures of Gret Binchley. Uh, I think they have their own website for that. I couldn't find it, but there's a link, actually, if you click on the title for my review at splitsider.com, that'll take you to the title, or you can track it down through manbycow.com. And they're also now on iTunes separately as The Adventures of Gret Benchley and The Adventure of the People That Were Turned Into Books. So very exciting there. I listened to uh, the, uh, I think the fourth installment of that, although the fifth has now hit. Um, I listened to um, uh, Trevin Ben Shite Size Chunks. Uh, that's the Trevin Ben Show. It's a uh, British radio show that gets podcasted once a week. They're on uh, the internet on Sundays, Sunday mornings. I believe is when the show originates. And then uh, in the middle of the week, they do Trevin Ben's Shite-Sized Chunks, which is just like a short 15-minute show where they're allowed to swear. They uh, talk about what they did on their show, on their radio show. And uh, I would listen to the entire radio show more. I just don't have uh, that length of time. It's uh, like an hour and a half, almost two-hour show. And uh, unfortunately, I don't have time to listen to that, but I always catch shite-sized chunks. So I listened to that this week. Uh, listened to uh, an episode of Doug Loves Movies. That was entertaining. Uh, he had three people whose uh, names escape me right now. I actually know who they are. 
but the, no, none of the three had been on the show, so they didn't even get to the Leonard Malton game because it would have been too difficult to explain to newbies, I think. Uh, but that was entertaining, so listen to Doug Loves Movies. And I listened to somebody on WTF. Who, oh, Asif Manvi uh, from The Daily Show. He was really entertaining. Talked all about his career, how he got started, and uh, in New York. Uh, fascinating background is uh, uh, fr- from his Indian heritage and talking about that and sort of being typecast in movies and trying to break out of that. But that was very entertaining. So listen to a WTF, Asif Mamvi. Very good show. And I'm sorry, it just took me a minute to remember. I think that was it from what I got to listen to, from who I got to talk to. Um, my thoughts on... Po- oh, you know, let me talk a little bit more about uh, sort of succotash and realizing uh, our sort of place in the podcast universe, helping you discover new shows, uh, kind of reminding you of... Other shows, older shows, guests we've had on before, shows we've clipped before. Um, if there's anything about our format that you don't like, it'd be interesting to hear that. Uh, as, I, as I started to say, we don't really hear all that much from people. Love getting support. Love the people that love us and talk about us. We get a lot of retweets, of course. I thank most of the people or mention them in our tweet sack section. Uh, try to get as many people in as I can as I can find going back through the, the week's tweets, retweets, follows, things like that. But uh, don't mind a little constructive criticism if there's things about the show you don't like, if there's features you think we should try out, if there's uh, you know something you'd like to hear. Somebody sent in a, a special uh, a teaser, and I'm going to play that. Although I normally don't like teasers, but if somebody records one special for us, uh, I don't mind putting that out there, I guess. But I prefer just to do clips. I'll, I'll do the standard thing. If you're a, a, a comedy podcaster and would like to hear your clip on the show, please just send us a, a three to five minute MP3 clip to clips at succotashshow.com and uh, we'll get that up on the show. Also, uh, if you're just too goddamn lazy to do it, uh, and why would you be? Why is it so hard to clip out your show? But if, you, if you're too lazy or too busy or don't think you really know how to find a decent clip, uh, let us know through through uh, Twitter, and I will have our associate producer Tyson Sander track that down, and, and he'll do it for you because uh, he knows how to find uh, find the funny. All right. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about the new improved GOP chew toy. Talking about Benghazi. Apparently, all the sweet cream goodness has been sucked out of Obamacare. What with the world not coming to an end at all, like everyone said, and draft the look, no death panels. So John Bader decided to throw a large number of capturing the Senate majority election chips down the Benghazi rabbit hole. This issue concerning the death of four Libyan embassy employees excites the base to where they vibrate and leak green froth from their mouths while their voices go up two octaves. The major difficulty will be negotiating the fine line that separates energizing the troops from politicizing a tragedy. And the Benghazi tote bags don't help. Can't wait for the catchy jingle. Do the Benghazi boogie. Take two steps back. Shake your head. Look around. Take two more steps back. 
Even after 13 hearings on the subject, the Republicans are determined that this time they'll get the truth to such disturbing questions as why Susan Rice wore a pink blouse when she went on the Sunday talk shows. Was it a signal? Why wouldn't Barack Obama get off the phone with Benjamin Netanyahu? Were they celebrating? And who exactly do Republicans hate more, Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton? Yes, the answer to these and many more questions, including why their party has lost consecutive presidential elections, because they're stone-crazed loons, that's why. Afterwards, a consultation with Geraldo Rivera might be in order, because this thing is going to discover less than when they opened Al Capone's vault. The only good news is the term impeachment has yet to be bandied about, and for that, we should all get down on our knees and give thanks for Joe Biden. For Suckatash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. I guess that's about it. I've rambled for a while, and um, hopefully you found this entertaining. Uh, if you didn't, that's fine, too. It's a half episode. What do I care? Uh, so from uh, Interstate 5 in uh, the great state of California, the Kessel Run, this is Mark Hershon. Please remember to pass the Suckatash. You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, and on SoundCloud. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at MA. RC at SuckatashShow.com Or call into the Suckatash hotline at our non-toll-free call number 818-921-7212 That is is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash. Goodbye.